you can have two titles, okay? And I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. With our website, I put down on everything, including a business card that I've got, two titles. I put down columnist slash creator, DK Pittsburgh Sports. But two titles of two distinct roles intended to have one person be the superior over the other. That's some new ground there from Kyle Dubas. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. And yes, Dubas had a, a slew of announcements as it related to different people in different positions being moved to new titles and so forth. And within that, because that was the way the press release was put out, it wasn't just Dubas names himself GM, (laughs) which would have been awesome. Like, How do you pass up that opportunity if you're the Penguins media relations people to put that headline on there? He instead mentioned new titles for Eric Heasley, Amanda Kessel, and Kyle Dubas. (laughs) I'm sorry. The whole thing is hilarious to me that he is the president of hockey operations and the general manager. This screams to me, even if it's the totally right move, both for him and and the franchise of someone who was really bruised by his battle in Toronto with Brendan Shanahan, who held one of those titles while he held the other. It's as if there was no way he could come to Pittsburgh and answer to anybody for anything that was shy of ownership. Well, here's the the plus to that. The plus to that is when a move needs to be made, you can make it. And sometimes those moves need to be made very quickly. When Jim Rutherford was here, he was so candid and open about everything, a reporter's dream. And Jim would tell tales of how he and some other GM would just meet somewhere in a hallway at the draft or in an office and they would hook up whether it was a text phone call in person whatever and he'd hear the deal he'd love it and he'd say yep and some of his better deals came about that way now I suppose it would be really easy for a critic to say that this is also how the Derek Broussard trade happened. But the point is, is that it's it's good to be in charge, to avoid bureaucracy, to avoid the embarrassment. And this has happened with other teams that I've covered. If it's happened with the Penguins, I, I'm not aware of it, where a trade is apparently complete. It's just pending somebody's official approval, and then they go to get that official approval, and it doesn't come. And they have to go back with their tail between the legs as one GM to the other and say, I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to do this. Nobody wants to be that GM, not only because it's 
embarrassing, which it is, but probably more so because that GM's not going to want to do business with you in the future because a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of passion, a lot of research has to go into agreeing on a trade normally. So Dubas gets that. That's the positive. The negative, maybe, maybe, doesn't have to be one. But it could be that, wow, I mean, he's he's really putting himself up against it here. When he makes a move, he's got nowhere to run or hide or anyone else to blame. Not that any GM would ever do such a thing publicly, but it doesn't hurt to have that other one, that other, that other person over your head who can take some of the heat. Let, let's be real here. Over the last year or two, Penguins fans didn't just lash out at Ron Hextall. There was a whole lot of this or that, and what does Brian Burke actually do here, and that sort of thing. Now, when it came right down to it, fans chanted, fire Hextall. They didn't chant, fire Hextall and Burke. So it still comes down to the GM, but it's it's just, it's a cushion. You know, the people who've been generally managing the Pirates for years have operated with the cushion of having Bob Nutting own the team. The GM can claim a reliever off waivers and people will blame the owner. That's a nice way to operate. Dubas won't have that. He is going to be singularly responsible for everything. And, you know, dude, if you feel good about that, go nuts. Go nuts. But you better nail it. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Eric, who says... Maybe this question won't matter. By Monday, DK and the Penguins will have bought out Mikhail Granlund over the weekend. But I still have to ask, if San Jose wants to shed Eric Carlson's salary and pick up prospects or younger players, why would they even consider taking on Jeff Petrie and Granlund and, by some accounts, retaining salary? Their contracts add up to nearly the same amount. And as players, they don't fit San Jose's needs. I get that they have very little bargaining power here, but it just seems like wishful thinking that the Penguins could dump these players on the Sharks. What am I missing? Eric, I don't know that you're missing anything. I think we're all missing a lot because I hate to keep saying this, but I really believe it. We know precious little about this scenario. We can convince ourselves that we know a whole bunch because there's all kinds of Hockey with two Ys, room hours with two Zs, websites out there, and everyone likes to put this, 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 and this together and come up with scenarios. Well, yeah, here, keep hearing that guy's name attached to it. It's nothing. It, it, it drives me nuts, too. It only happens in hockey. You never see this in baseball or football, not to this extreme. But the reason the Sharks would have to take on significant salary from another team, regardless of who that other team is, is everyone has to do that now because of the flat cap. Gary Bettman hasn't allowed the cap to budge, or barely budge anyway, through the COVID years and post-COVID. 
So it's still sitting there in that 82, 83, $84 million range where it's been. And teams are up against it, almost all of them. And for the teams that would be contending or think of themselves as contenders, they're all up there or over the cap even. So your field of potential suitors is small right then and there if you're San Jose. Now, add into it that Carlson has a complete no trade clause and Carlson is going to be able to pick his team to some extent. Like you suggested there, Mike Greer has very, very little bargaining power. As for San Jose's pursuit of prospects and or draft picks, that can still happen. If you're the Sharks, you can still say, hey, listen, we'll take on your Petrie and your Granlund, but that means you've really got to come up with some Picks and or prospects. If you're dealing with the Penguins, you're obviously talking about picks. So that's where it comes from. The only chance that Greer has to come out of this okay is to eat salary, eat salary cap, but then keep raising the ante when it comes to picks and prospects, including maybe singularly in his dealings with Pittsburgh. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these on Monday.